Welcome to the Warrior Growth Academy podcast, a place for anybody and everybody who wants to become the best versions of themselves. Your story doesn't make you who you are. It is the rest of your story, who you choose to be. You can write a story about who you've been, and you can write a story about who you are now. But you can also write a story about who you could be. You are fully capable of deciding your own destiny. Look into your heart and see what it is that you truly want. Train yourself to let go of all the bad things that you fear. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the Warrior Growth Academy podcast, where we cover life hacks, habits, personal mastery, interesting concepts and ideas, stories, good books, all the things that will make us learn and grow into becoming the better versions of ourselves. I am your host, Jakub the Funky Warrior, and today we have a special edition of the podcast with a warrior story. It's a series with stories when the warrior from within comes out. The goal is to understand what's the message and the moral of each and every story. This series will be in part personal stories, but I really want to tell your stories. So if you have a suggestion of someone you think of or your own, please send it my way. You know, we all have some warrior moments in our lives. When you went above and beyond, when you were hyper-focused, when you had that drive and energy inside that you almost didn't know where it come from. So take a moment and reflect, when did you live those warrior moments, that warrior within that came out? What message and lesson resides in them? You know, stories have been the way to transfer wisdom for centuries. Not just for entertainment, but for the message that it carries inside. So it's incredibly powerful and we can utilize other people's stories and also our own in order to learn and go forward and grow. All right, episode number three. Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by our first official sponsor, My Glass of Water. It keeps me hydrated, helps my body and brain cells to communicate, keeps my throat moisturized and my voice crisp and sexy. It's incredible. Get your glass of water today with the promo code WARRIOR and keep yourself hydrated and moisturized. And before jumping into today's warrior story, I want to read the review of the week from Nicole. Growth only comes when we can be real with ourselves, and Yakub is as real as it gets. The launch of the Warrior Growth Academy podcast really couldn't have been more timely for me. I'm in the period of my life where I'm walking into a new landscape and being challenged in ways I never have before. So fear is definitely rearing its ugly head more now than ever before for me. Through this podcast, I have already been reminded that it really does take the heart of a warrior of any of us to commit to the path we know we're here to walk. 
And this is just a part of the review. It's a huge paragraph and very beautiful. So thank you, Nicole. And I really love reading those. It's not just for myself, not just for my ego. It also helps with the ranking of the podcast on the platforms and the algorithm and all of that. And also, of course, it gives me an idea of what you enjoy and what really is the value of the podcast for you. So keep them coming. Thank you so much. All right, so for today's warrior story, I will tell you the time that I faced five angry dogs in a castle in India. So let me paint a picture first. Even before getting to that city, the city was called Jaisalmer. 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 Anyways, it was a beautiful city with a Maharaja castle in the middle and the city all around in the middle of the desert. Even getting to the city was a huge story and struggle of first a bus for eight hours, very bumpy. Then 18 or 20 hours in the train, in the people's wagon. I don't know how to call it differently, but let's say it wasn't the VIP wagon, where in our section were supposed to sit six people and we were 27. So just imagine that long road, people sleeping on the floor. It was actually a very beautiful moment. Me and my friend, we had a discussion with some locals. We didn't speak the same language, so we spoke with our hands, but it was still beautiful. At night, the doors of the wagon were open, so all the beetles, you know, the big ones, like in, in Mummy, the movie, all the beetles were coming inside and hitting the walls and falling on our head. It was really special and interesting and intense. And then after that, another bus for about seven hours and then a taxi. And then we had to take a helicopter and swim through the ocean and fight a shark. Okay, okay, I, I exaggerated a little bit that little part, but all the rest was truly true, I swear. So we get to that beautiful city. I will not say the name again. I've learned from my mistakes. And our hostel is in the castle. So that already starts well. So you can even imagine the view on the city and on the desert. You know, we're feeling basically almost like Maharajas. You know, we eat our first meal on the rooftop with the view and everything. So romantic, beautiful. And then after a few days, my friend wanted to spend a few nights with his girlfriend that was leaving. So they went on their own to a little bit more fancy hotel and I stayed at the hostel. So one day I spent the day in the city. I walk around. I eat some street food. By the way, side note, too much street food, especially if it's fried, kills the, the stomach, not the street food. The street food's still alive. So just a little side note, but that's not the moral or the message of the story. And then what you need to know is... In India, even more in smaller cities like this, there's not too much nightlife. Let's just say there's no bars, there's not really places people stay late. So at night, as soon as it gets dark, there's pretty much nobody on the streets except the cows and the dogs. And what's interesting is that there's a lot of street dogs, but during the day, there's so many people on the street and obviously the street dogs want to eat. So they approach all the food stands. 
they're very scared of the people because there's so much people and people scream at them because, you know, they're disturbing their peace or wanting their food. So the dogs are very weak and shy during the day. But at night, there's nobody on the streets. So the dogs are the kings and queens of the city. They even go after cows that are like a hundred times bigger than them, but they feel like they run the streets. So at night, the dogs are gangster. So coming back to the story, after my last meal, I leave the restaurant and I'm walking towards home. And I didn't see the time pass by, so it's already dark. So I enter the castle, and in the castle, there's only one main road. It's not like a little village. You cannot go left and right. This kind of this one big road with huge walls on the left and right. And just to paint a little picture, those walls are about 50 meters minimum, if not 100. I don't know how much it's in feet for you Americans, so I'm sorry. But they're very high. And there's no sound because nobody lives in that castle, I think, except the people in the hostel. There's no businesses. There's no restaurants in that castle. So there's only literally the sound of like a few spiders chilling on the bricks. And you have this incredible and beautiful, but slightly scary, moonlight shining. And that's the only source of light. All the rest is dark dark, like dark. So I'm walking up that road with those two huge walls on my left and on my right. I see the moon. It's a beautiful moment. I'm like in my zone, in my little bubble. But then suddenly from the other side of the road, I see some dogs coming towards me. And just like in a horror movie or any type of movie that wants to make you scare of the dogs, I see their white teeth, they're growling, growling, right? That's the word, like, not even barking, growling. Their eyes are staring at me, five dogs walking side to side, literally like a gang. Like, I don't know what's their name, but for sure they're running the streets. So they are walking towards me and I have about... 10 seconds to decide what to do. Turning around and running is not an option. First of all, because as I told you, that street don't have any side streets and the walls are so high, it's not as if I can jump on a balcony or climb anything and especially not even reach the front door. For sure, the dogs are running faster than me. So then I'm asking myself and All of that reflection is basically happening within a few seconds in my brain. I remember at some point I read or heard somewhere that if ever you meet a bear in the woods, there's two key elements for your survival. Number one, don't show fear because animals can smell fear. So they will know if you are scared and if you are weak. And that's basically a sign that you are their dinner or supper, maybe even breakfast. And number two, make yourself bigger. So their perception of you is that you are a bigger animal than you are in reality. So that's basically the option I'm going for. So I'm still walking straight to those dogs and it's approaching. We're approaching. This seems like hours and probably happen within a few seconds. As I get closer to them, 
Their teeth, their eyes are getting even more scarier. So then I raise my hands to the sky and start screaming and still walking towards them. And guess what? It works. So they moved to the side. And that was probably a very weird position if someone saw me from somewhere. It was kind of like, you know, the ghost in like Scooby-Dooby-Doo, you know, kind of like just having their hand up in the air, kind of in an awkward position. That was basically me. So not very scary to say the least. But to the dogs, I was scary. Or at least I wasn't a prey anymore. But then the problem is that I'm not yet at the hostel. I still have a little way to go. So basically those dogs are walking now behind me. And me, I'm showing them my back. So now I'm not anymore that scary. So basically I had for like literally about five minutes to walk two steps forward and then take a step backwards, turning to them and again, raising my hands and screaming and then turning around again, taking two steps and then turning around and screaming and raising my hands. You get the picture. So that was pretty interesting and even more awkward if ever someone watched me. But the bottom line is that at some point I reached the hostel and I just ran upstairs and then I finally felt that I was safe. I had some nightmares, but that's for another time. That's another story. So what's the message? What's the moral of that story? First of all, fear is good. But in survival situations, you know, it rushes the blood to your muscles, your vision and your thinking becomes laser focused and sharp. But the thing is, in those situations, it helps. But so many of us today, every day live in fear, more commonly known as stress or anxiety. And that state kills us. So many research shows that pretty much the number one killer in the world, or at least the thing that makes us so weak in front of a virus, in front of a sickness, in front of any threat, is that we are already operating in a very weak situation. This is going to be for a whole episode, but just to give you an idea, when your blood rushes to your muscles in order for you to run faster and to survive that situation, that blood rushes away from your organs, your digestive, your nervous system shuts down in order to put all the focus and energy on what will make you survive that situation. But that means you're operating every day far from your full potential and not even full potential. It's actually literally harming you. Second lesson, and you've probably heard that one before, is hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. If you know what could go wrong and you're at least slightly prepared, not necessarily thinking of it every day and being scared, that's not the point, but you are ready, you have a certain plan in your mind. If you are starting a business, think of the fact what happens if you don't hit your goals, what happens if it fails. Think of those things because then you kind of make peace with that scenario, but also you're prepared. So you're not really scared of that situation 
Of course, if you would have asked me before or even today, would you like to face five angry dogs in a dark street in India where you can run nowhere and where nobody can help you? Obviously not. But just having that little knowledge of how animals operate and what to do if ever that happens literally saved me that night. And then third lesson is that you're capable of more than you think. Think of it. Again, if someone would have asked me, are you prepared physically and mentally to face and maybe fight five dogs? One, maybe. Five? Most probably not. But now after I lived that situation, I know and I've seen that I'm capable of more than I think. So take a little moment and think of the stories of your life. Also be on the lookout for the wisdom and insights around you every day. Those stories, it's not always an incredible story of survival and facing dogs. Little moments, little stories, they all carry wisdom and insights. And you can always learn either from other people's stories, but also from your own. And also now looking more to the future, think of the stories you want to live and tell in your life. Think of the stories that in 40, 50 years you will tell your little children. And even if it's untold stories, even if it's stories just for you, every day you have the opportunity to write your story, the book of your life. What's behind are past chapters. You cannot rewrite them. You can learn from them, but you cannot erase them, change them. But you can write the next chapter of your life and the next page and the following chapters. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this new episode. Remember, you are the author and the hero of your own book and you get to write and live it. I know you'll write a great story, a warrior story, and I'll read it, I promise. See you on the next episode of the Warrior Growth Academy podcast. Step by step, the student is being brought together with himself to the point where he catches up with his own inner being and can accept it completely. And that is, you see, the most difficult thing to do, to accept oneself completely. To express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, very hard to do, and you have to train it is important to draw wisdom from many different places. If we take it from only one place, it becomes rigid and stale. Understanding others, the other elements, and the other nations will help you become whole. An educated person is not necessarily one who has an abundance of general or specialized knowledge. An educated person is one who has so developed the faculties of their mind that they may acquire anything they want and it's very important that you realize that your evolution, your, your journey through this incredible thing is nothing to do with anyone else. And you can't live your life the way your mommy and daddy want you to live it, or the way the people at the office say you've got to live it, or the way society says you've got to live it. You've got to live it for yourself. But because we lack awareness or understanding of who we are, we're totally locked into a physical world, and we let things outside of us control us. 
95% of the population are reacting to life. They're not really living at all. Your mind is like this water, my friend. When it is agitated, it becomes difficult to see. Every man in himself is aristocratic. That he is his own king. You have to take possession of your life. You must be the master of your own kingdom.